Welcome to Across the Pond, Marketing Transformed, a podcast that explores ways to transform your business and marketing strategy. Whether you're a rising star, entrepreneur, or experienced professional, a show packed with stories to inspire success and build a growth mindset for you and your company. Featuring global brand CMOs, transformation experts, and business founders, your co-hosts, Chris Lawson in London, UK, and Samuel Moni across the pond in Philadelphia, USA. Welcome, everyone, to first episode of Across the Pond, Marketing Transformed. My name's Chris Lawson, and I'm joined from the States by Samuel Moni. Say hello, Sam. Hey, Chris. How are you today? How are, How's your week been so far? It's been great. Yeah, really good, actually. Really good. And I'm um, very excited about our brand new podcast. Uh, yeah, Something super that we've been talking about for a while, mm-hmm. isn't it? And it's, it's nice just to press the record button. Yes, it is indeed. And uh, hopefully this is a series and a set of shows that folks will really get into and we can share our wisdom, hear from you, the audience, and keep riffing and responding to questions that come in and points that you have and feedback that you give us because we we want to keep this going and make it valuable and interesting. And so this is not just going to be another show out of thousands out there. Hopefully this is one that flows to the top of your minds and um, you know keeps, keeps us hungry, keeps us at it because uh, we're excited. Yeah, well said, well said, yeah. So brand new. Um, And what we wanted to explore in our podcast series, Across the Pond, is the issues really close to our heart. It's around digital transformation and marketing's role within it. We also want to explore the differences in approaches and experiences between America and the UK as well, hence the title. And, uh, you know, uh, it's something that both Sam and myself have had experience in for many, many years now. You know, we've known each other for about 20 years. We met a large grocery retailer in the UK called Safeway, um, now called Morrison's. That's back in the 90s, I believe. Yep, yep. So Safeway was ahead of the curve at the time. Um, Really, you know, in terms of some of the processes that it was doing, some of the initiatives, whether it was loyalty cards, category management, personalization, uh, sort of being really customer centric, shop and go was a first that Safeway brought in as well. And we, and we learned a lot, and there were some brilliant minds there, brilliant set of alumni that had come from Safeway. And in our respective roles ever since, we've been driving transformation, and we wanted to share those learnings with you, whether you're starting out on your career or whether you're a seasoned professional looking for inspiration or empathy or sympathy We've got a lot that we'd like to share, some of the most recent experiences that we're both working on at the moment. And I think what what unites us in that role is that marketing and the transformation of organizations and the role that sort of technology has played in driving that change. So, so for example, a key part of my role after Safeway was a telco, then a global media publisher, then I launched Absolute Radio, then I was a marketing sales director at Guardian, then moving on to various sort of private equity-backed organizations after that, some in gaming, some in wine, but all of them were intent on driving change. And, and although a few of my roles have been international, I stayed UK focused, but you took the move to the States, didn't you? Yeah, say? and listening to your journey, similar f- for me in terms of the role I'm in most recently is, you know, working in a marketing capability and di- digital transformation role. 
And my career has been driven by a mindset of being curious and saying yes when I could have said no. And, you know, standing up the growth and the, of departments, uh, creating capabilities and creating pathways for the new and essentially often fighting the resistance of the status quo. So I think of it as a mosaic versus, you know, if, if you think of a target and, and an arrow and, and sort of hitting for the center, for me, I'm putting pieces of mosaics together. Um, you know, I started my career off in the UK and Ireland, actually working for music retail, which back in the day, there was a company called HMV. I think it's still around in the UK and a few other places when record stores hadn't been disrupted and transformed and only now a few of them survived. And then joined Safeway, where we both met in a variety of ro roles. And I was privileged to be able to see the evolution of retail and how, you know, consumers were getting more discerning and the assortments were changing. You know, things like organic was coming online and more international flavors. Um, so Safeway, for those US-based listeners, is the same as a grocery retailer over, over in the US. And it kind of went out to the UK about 50 years ago or so and um, subsequently been acquired. But um, did some time in, in some, some work in retail, then moved to the, the consumer goods side with Gillette and P&G. And what, I, what excited me was being able to travel and work and live overseas. So I moved to Switzerland for a couple of years and then Germany in, for about three years in global branding roles. And that's taken me to apparel, to food, to technology, to appliances. And my wife and I even had our own entrepreneurial business for a while. It was an e-commerce and um, physical store, sort of omni-channel women's apparel retailer. And so all those inputs synth pulled together and synthesized help give me you know, a, a set of philosophies, but constantly having to break and let go of the past and embrace new things as as modern marketers sh should do. So that's kind of a quick journey of how I got to being on this show with you, Chris. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's good. I mean, you know, between the two of us, we've got 40 years of experience, but, but this isn't a nostalgia trip. There's plenty of fresh ideas on a subject we're hugely passionate about and um, we're making sure that we keep this very re real and very relevant. We were discussing what we wanted to get out of this and it's sharing some of those learnings and principles and war wounds that we've experienced in order to do transformation successfully. And if we start from the beginning when we first met Safeway, although it was sort of function-led, um, it was organized uh, around um, a traditional format. Most marketing companies were in those days. You know, you'd have the, the direct marketing team and you'd have the above the marketing team. Mm -hmm. But actually, Safeway transformed itself to focus around the customer. And it was a, a very, very bold, a bold move, I think, at that time. Um, but it, uh, it was something very early on that captured my imagination, this need to be customer-focused, yeah. something that stayed with me ever since. Mm -hmm. And it's as much about a mindset as a strategy. And when the majority of the marketing world was seeing it through a different lens, it taught me an, an important lesson about the power of conviction. And the, the team of a Safeway marketing uh, department and a commercial department have pretty much all gone on to have some very, very successful careers. And I think that striving ahead, being the forerunner mm -hmm. for change, um, quite often when you're having to do that on your own is, is a powerful thing. Um, so that said, brilliant minds there, um, lots of new thinking. and uh, But interestingly, that all the brilliant minds, all the great new thinking in the world cannot stop a company from failing if you haven't fixed the basics first. Um, you know, Safeway, in the end, uh, suffered from a few problems around range and product, and uh, it ended up being sort of taken over. And I think that's an important point, that 
what we want to make sure is that we're not just preaching an ideal version here. This is very much about practical steps. How do you roll your sleeves up as well as sort of strategize uh, to make sure that we're we're covering how do we fix the basics as well as sort of dream about the future as well. So Sam, what, what's your what's your biggest learning? Do you think around transformation in your current role? Where can where can you see those learnings or those mistakes in play? You know, for me, one of the things that just I spend a lot of time is injecting the humanity into our work to to actually drive the transformation and to generate growth. Advancing capabilities is is in the most critical areas is what I see as critical to this modern marketing mindset and succeeding in transformation. So, you know, uh, my philosophy is creating remarkable growth driving experiences because that changes our behavior and, and, the, and the culture of the organization, transforming performance for abundant attainment. And so those words of abundant and transformation and behavior change are all critical to it being successful in this place in this space so it's it's the ability to sustain it over a, a longer period of time and not just this kind of one and done um aspect and you know f- how digital transformation fits in is this challenge of wrestling with the performance marketing versus the brand building debate that's been going on for a while now and i think that's just a flawed approach because you need to do both there's a lot of solid evidence that doing both is critical um it's kind of being threatened uh, marketers are definitely being threatened by budgets getting tighter and tighter and you've got to prove that you drive value and, and sales but ultimately you've got to let go of the set it and forget it mindset. That's one of the things that I, I spend a lot of time um, in inspiring and in helping to embed within the business. You need to be able to go the test and learn approach. And that means you, you, you can't write a brief and roll out a campaign for 10 weeks and just let it go. You've got to invest in real-time decision-making. And if it's not working, pivot. You need a plan A, a B, a C, and a D and keep going. So you just can't set it and forget it. Yes, you've got to have a vision of what it's going to be, but you've got to use those data points coming in to actually take action. No longer is it about spending two weeks building the the deck to present. You've actually got to be using that data to optimize and improve. So marketers really have to let go and unwire their brains from how they used to think about marketing and think about it in a new way. And here's a tip for those listening in right now to implement right now. The person closest to the data gets to make the decision and not the most important person, i.e. the VP or CMO or even the president who could actually be quite clueless about marketing or what's going on. You know, the person closest to the data should get the call and should have that decision-making authority. And that's a huge behavioral shift in organizations and marketing as I see it today. Yeah, and we'll come back to that in future episodes, talking about that culture and mindset change and, and also which organizations are, are doing that well, which we can learn on. And I, and I think the important point is that we want to affect this change for both new entrants coming into the marketing mm-hmm. sphere as well as the C-suite as well. You know, one, one of the things that drives both of us, I know, I think is that practitioner role, understanding what it's really like in the trenches. You know, we've, we've, both, we've both worked our way up to the roles that we're in now. And I think an important part of that is about, it's about acceleration. It's about unlocking talent. And it's about serving a greater, more informed and a curious customer. I mean, I think sometimes we underestimate how far ahead uh, that our customers are from us, from marketing professionals. And we have to be there at the forefront using the best knowledge in the organization, which which quite often can be the, the, the lower ranks to actually help inform us about how our consumers are 
um, driving their usage via media or, or, or whatever other manner. And also, how do we leverage data and insight in that customer journey? And how do we make sure we communicate with customers as their marketing channels evolve as well? But you have to find your own transformation journey as well. Different industries or scale of enterprises are at different points, will have their own different understanding of what they need to achieve and, and what that transformation is mm -hmm. and is our role to think about how do we make the biggest impact within that. I think there's some simple ways to overcome those challenges to kind of put into practice that transformation journey you talked about. One key one is you need to have a marketing process with a single scorecard, right? So you've got to move from having multiple or inconsistent processes and have one common scorecard within a brand business planning approach, which is still nimble and you can align efforts. You know, I'll be controversial here and say there is a need to push back on the tendency for the CFO to actually drive the marketing plan. Marketers have to speak up and speak out and frame the process. So as you talked before, it's packed with the customer, the customer journey, the customer experience, and not just a margin and EBIT profit-centered discussion. And all you have is a bunch of spreadsheets and P&Ls filled in, but no real understanding of the consumer or customer and no real um, benefit or service being provided for them to actually add value. So I think that that's one of the key things, a single scorecard. The second one is having the right skills in the right place at the right time. So you've got to move from this disparate training and capabilities in different places and things vary as roles change or demands of the business change, you've got to close those gaps. So you have to have capability development that's easy and applicable to apply to the day job. So not three-day classroom training. You've got to design things to be on the job and practical and can be coached and developed. And then the third thing is to keep it simple. So with all this change and all these demands and this ambiguity, you've got to make it simple to link the competencies and the development of individuals or the organization to a behavior change that drives growth. So the simplicity, right skills in the right place, and having the single scorecard, which is not purely an EBIT CFO-driven agenda, are three ways to make transformation successful um, for the organization. Yeah, that's good. I, th I think I always say that you know, transformation is about moving organizations from point A to point B. And, and in a way, that's where I do my best work. It's that transformation of that early stage activity. And whether that's working as a CMO of a Guardian or Virgin or a number of private equity-backed organizations, I've always been attracted by that, that new, the different but it has to have a view that it has to create something better. I think sometimes you can be attracted by the, the shiny and it doesn't necessarily right. create something better. Interestingly, some of the organization I've worked with early on in my career have been relatively stayed. Right. Um, they didn't really respond quickly to market forces sometimes. Mm -hmm. They didn't do that because they didn't necessarily have to because they were in a strong leadership position. So they thought they were better defended than they, they were. But some of those organizations where they were constantly striving, constantly looking at how they could optimize right. performance, constantly thinking a little bit about how to get further along the curve, they're the ones that have actually gone on to do much more and uh, be incredibly successful. And that's also what's really appealed to me as well, working at how you drive that change. And it's a sustainable level of change as well, not just a a um, sort of a, a peak of activity. So if you if you had to pick three words, Sam, to define transformation, what would they be? Three words I would pick: progress, change, and optimism. I'd love to take 
credit for that. However, I did blatantly steal that from Seth Godin, um, something he came up, I think, in his most recent book. And If you're going to steal it, he's quite a good person to well, steal yeah, it from. Well, yeah, hopefully, you know, hopefully he won't sue me for plagiarism, but I did um, give him credit here. But, you know, making progress by leaning in and looking at how to let go of the things you've done in the past. It's embracing the new technology, then it means what's the rollout plan, how many people are adopting it. There's a stat out there that says, you know, 60% of people aren't using 70% of the stuff. You've got to close that gap. Now, don't be on that statistic. Most people nod their head when I share it. I haven't quantified it yet, but there is a truth behind, uh, especially in the marketing technology and the marketing tech stacks. It's just most of it's not being used and leveraged. You've got to make progress, close that gap, get more people adopting, embracing it and working it into their processes. So the optimism piece is something that right now, especially if you're in a packaged goods area, being perhaps a bit pessimistic, seeing a lot of your markets being eroded by competitors and new entrants, resources in flux, the marketplace is in flux, legislation's coming in, GDPR is impacting how you're doing things. But being optimistic is not being deluded. It's really seeing what the benefits are from these changes and how to champion and accelerate and be part of that change. You know, change, which is the third part, is is the only constant in life. So you can no longer, in my view, be a general manager and be removed from 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 the marketing stuff. You actually have to be in it. You can't be above the technology or beyond the technology and just be orchestrating from the sidelines. I truly believe you have to be in it. You have to be striving to master some of that stuff. You don't have credibility as a leader giving performance reviews for people who'd run rings around you with the actual, um, you know, the search um, engine skills or the, you know, the the digital marketing skills or the the innovation skills or the insight and bringing um, capabilities or mastering and analyzing the data, all of that stuff, you can't, you have to know and be able to do yourself. And so that change applies to the outside, but also internally, how you digest that and how you apply that um, to to the work that you do on a, on a regular basis. Chris, um, you know, what would you say some of the mar- biggest marketing transformations that you've been involved with or responsible for? Well, the one the one that sort of comes to mind, I think, is uh, you know a, a great story. Really, it's that it's Absolute Radio. Um, this all launched in about sort of two thousand and seven, I think it was now. And, and that was in the UK, was, right? In the UK, yeah. yeah. And and it was really striving to be something different to, to cut itself. Uh, some differentiation away from the, the the middle of a road sort of stations that were in the UK. It was all about sort of real guitar music, um, sort of uh, and good strong uh, songwriting as well. But before that, we uh, as I took the role, uh, it was uh, myself and it was three other directors, and we were coming into the organisation, and they they brought me on board, and I said, but we've got a hundred days to make this transformation. It was virgin radio at the time um and i took the role still when it was virgin radio um it was funded by the times of india and a brief although a challenging one was incredibly exciting you know how do we transform this into Mm. a brand new station with a brand new playlist and a brand new ethos um and everything else that contained in in a hundred days um it it was funded by the Times of India, and uh, um, the vision was about creating a sort of multi-channel media company with audio mm-hmm. at the heart. But, but the really interesting point was that there was a hundred strong sort of employees there who were who were pretty happy being Virgin Radio. They, they you know, it was, it's a fantastic brand. There was a, it was a great role. Um, we had to. We realised very very early on that 
if we were to achieve this or have any hope of achieving this in 100 days, and this was a hearts and minds mission, that we, we needed every single person in that organization uh, to be absolutely passionate about what we were doing. And I think uh, that was an important part to me, that so much of this was about mindset. So much of yeah. this was about creating a vision, um, mm -hmm. a shared sense of purpose, um, a collaboration, something that everyone could believe in, creating something very different, and, and really identifying what that was, and then then absolutely going for it with both feet. Um, a, a, an amazing time. I think it was it was really exciting, really interesting for us to sort of see that progress as we did. But you know, all those three points that you talked about before, I think, are, are absolutely on on the money there. Yeah, and you know, as I'm listening to that story, I'm trying to sort of pull something from my my experiences to share with the with the listeners that could help and. That that hundred day challenge is kind of a, definitely a forcing factor. So I probably don't have something as um, as time constrained, which uh, which you described. But in a similar way, sort of thinking about simplicity, progress, and change when there isn't a playbook. There's an example that stands out to me. I was working for Gillette at the time, which was actually owned by P&G, and we were partnering with big companies like Kraft and a company which is subsequently acquired by Philips Appliance um, Organization. So you've got three, you can imagine three big companies working with different organizational cultures and needs and different geographies and different consumer needs. So that was the, the complexity that um, I was dealing with in this. It was a, the Tassimo single serve coffee. And essentially was standing up a joint venture very early in my career. And so the progress really was about compiling and collaborating with all these different interests and different P&Ls and different goals and KPIs and creating um, the scorecard and the common approach and managing that complexity and what we meant by the different things. You know, when we say distribution in one company, it could mean a shipment, it could mean a sale, or it could mean what's in the warehouse. So we had to find a common language and a common approach and manage that complexity um, that was happening. And also we had different, you know, French, Italian, Germany, UK coffee tastes, and those consumers are all very, very different. So driving to action and corralling the resources without a playbook was, was the key challenge. And the change was driving that focus on the scorecard and how we're making progress. We were able to ultimately nail that and really have that common goal. So we launched in five countries and win number one market share in three months in the UK was one of the key things that we did. So it was, it was all about transforming um, and uh, in a joint venture when there wasn't a playbook. One of the toughest tests I've had in my career, but a lot of those um, principles that you shared were common to that example as well. And having the fortitude to stand up and lead and not, you know, shirk that responsibility was, was critical, was key there. Yeah, and and you know we will we will reflect on this in in the series as we go along because so many of these themes are absolutely um, you know sort of paramount that 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 leadership leadership can come from anywhere again absolute radio that leadership came from all all areas of the organisation from the, the DJs the production team the marketing team and and so on and the digital team and and I think the other thing that just reflecting on what you were saying there is that that simplicity actually. Yeah. Sometimes it's it's not clear what the playbook is. It's not clear in terms of what's been done before, but being really focused on what that task is and, and believing that you can achieve it uh, counts for so much. So, Sam, look, you know, first episode, but I think it's been a, a great intro. There's a lot of uh, themes that we want to carry on exploring. We hope you enjoy it. But, but why, don't, why don't you sum up the three themes that have come from today? 
The three key themes from today's shows from me were, you know, firstly, transformation is as much about the leadership philosophies, the mindsets, the resilience and sense of urgency needed. You know, it's leading that change, leading that charge is, is a key, key contributor. The second thing is mindset is not just a buzzword. It's a way of working that is future-focused and innovation-centric. And we'll talk more about mindset and those things in, in the future. And the third thing I would say is finding common ground and a common message. You know, articulating a vision to unlock the talent and the people and the ideas is a growth driver. Um, creating that culture is is so critical so that, you know, when you're reporting your financial results, a lot more companies are talking about the culture of their organization and how that's driving the, the success and momentum. You know, gone are the days when you can simply focus on the top talent and expect to succeed or win. You've got to engage and corral all of your employees, all of your resources, and ha- finding that common ground and common approach is a key driver of that. So, those are the three things that I would say people can take away from listening to this inaugural first episode. Great stuff. That's a, that's a nice list there. Uh, I like that. And in terms of uh, what's coming up in the, the next episode, that shows all about the creating the culture for innovation and transformation, how culture change is one of the most difficult things to accomplish at a company. So we're going to talk about how you build that culture, why the right mindset only works if you know how to unlock the behaviours that make that happen. So some really interesting subjects. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, but Sam, you know, it's been great catching up with you today. Uh, really enjoyed your insight, and uh, looking forward to the next one. Yeah, it's been an awesome inaugural episode. Thanks, Chris, for bringing your A game, your passion, and your energy. I'm hoping that kind of carried across both sides of the pond there. And really looking forward to next week's shows you talked about earlier. So. Until next time, Chris, have a good week across the pond. Well, that's it for this week's show. Find more by visiting marketingtransform.com and click on the subscribe link. If you listen via Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, or anything else, then click on follow, subscribe, or type Marketing Transformed into search. We're a new show, so please leave us a review, comment, or ask a question. We'd love to hear from you. Get in touch at marketingtransformed at gmail.com. Chris Lawson blogs at moreno.co.uk. Find more from Samuel Money at samuelmoney.com.